Hello, we are glad you're listening to this message by Dr. M. Oladoin Odubanjo. You are sure to receive God's whole counsel for your life, family, work, and all that concerns you in these contemporary times. Hallelujah. Open your Bibles with me to Galatians 3. And uh, I want to speak uh, a little bit along those lines uh, on what I titled Think Blessing, Not Causes. Think Blessing, Not Causes. Think Blessing, Not Causes. Think Blessing, and Not Causes. Please look at your neighbor and say, Think Blessing, Not Causes. So Galatians chapter 3 will be our text, main text, that I hope will also be what we call what? Memory verse. Amen. So that's our memory verse for the day. Um, how to use something. Good. Galatians 3, are you there? Verse 13, he said, Christ has redeemed us from the cause of the law. Be made a cause for us. For it is written... Cost is everyone that hangs on a tree. That the blessing of Abraham might come on the Gentiles through Jesus Christ. That we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. Hallelujah. So basically, what, what I'm trying to do this morning is just make you see the gospel in another way. It's make you think of it in a simple fashion, which is think causes, not blessings. That is that when it comes to the gospel of Christ, what we have is a new covenant with God. And that covenant simply says, causes are gone, blessings are here. Can I have an amen? amen. Uh, that, that's what it is. So it's minus causes plus blessing. Hallelujah. Uh, so that's, that's simple enough, isn't it? Amen. Isn't that simple enough? Yeah. So what, what we have here is a notion whereby uh, the scriptures begin to tell us what has happened. What Jesus did for us uh, on the cross. It tells us quite clearly, quite simply, what it is. And what it starts with is that he says, one, uh, Christ has redeemed us from the cause of the law. We'll talk about that a little bit it's later on. It says, Christ has redeemed us from the cause of the law, uh, being, made a, uh, being made, you know, the, the sacrifice, more or less, being made the propitiation, uh, and because he hanged on the tree for us, uh, and it has been written that cost is he that hangs on the tree. So he took away the cost. Uh, he redeemed us from the cost. Uh, but then the very first thing I want you to begin to realize is this, is that uh, what I want you to get in your head is how you think. Okay, that's why I said think. Think blessing and not causes. Think blessing and not causes. Meaning that first and foremost, one of the things that most people still have on their minds, many believers inclusive, is that we are always thinking about the cost. We are always thinking about how cost we are or what is against us and all of that. Uh, but I'm saying don't think about that because that has been a settled matter. Can I have an amen? You need to spend a lot more time thinking about the blessing than you spend thinking about the causes. Can I have another amen? You see, and what you think about is going to determine what you actually experience. Somebody said that we experience what is our predominant thought. That is that whatever runs on your mind the most is what you are going to start experiencing. Are you still with me? If you find in your mind that you're always thinking, well, things are not working for me, why is my life so hard? Excuse me, your life is going to be very hard. 
Are you still there? But if you find yourself beginning to think, and, and what I'm saying to you is not just mind over matter, because there are people who begin to teach uh, the power of the positive thinking, the power of the mind. Positive thinking and all that is right. However, it has to be based on God's word for it to actually matter. Are you hear what I'm saying? You can't overcome the devil with just positive thinking. Are you still with me? Please tap your neighbor and say, I think he's talking to you this morning. So you don't overcome the devil just by positive thinking. You have to overcome him by the word. We saw the example when, when the devil came to Jesus and he kept tempting him. Jesus said, same word, for it is written. For it is written. For it is written. You have to know what is written for you to overcome. And what it says here is that he has redeemed us from the cause. And I'm saying that you have to change how you think. He redeemed us from the cause that the blessing might come. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Uh, it's just like what we have in Romans chapter 6. In Romans chapter 6 and verse 11, the Bible says, Therefore, reckon yourselves to be dead indeed to sin. Are you with me? Reckon yourself. Reckon yourself. Meaning that Christ has done something for you. He has died for you. And by dying for you, which is what Romans chapter 6 is about, he has crucified the body of sin. But the Bible says, what do we have to do? He said, we have to consider ourselves as being dead to sin. It doesn't matter what I'm faced with. It doesn't matter what my temptations are. I have to start thinking about what God has done for me and to start seeing myself the way God sees me. Can I have an amen? And God sees me as having the ability to live above sin. So the Bible says, therefore reckon yourself, Romans 6, 11, Therefore reckon yourselves to be dead indeed to sin. He said, and in verse 12, and sin shall not have dominion over you. How does that happen? It happens by you reckoning yourself to be dead to sin. Are you there? Philippians chapter 2. Verse 5, the Bible says that let this mind be in you, which was in Christ Jesus, who, being equal with God, did not consider himself. Are you, are you hearing what I'm saying? Meaning, what was he trying to say? He was saying if you live like Christ, you will have to have the mind of Christ, you will have to think the way Christ did. Are you still there? So, for us, also this morning, we'll have to start thinking, when we think about the covenant, we'll have to start thinking, but what does that covenant really mean for me. Okay? And I've said it just means two things. Number one, the causes are dealt with. Are you there? The causes are dealt with. Please look at your neighbor and say, I have good news. You are not caused. Now, uh, somebody begins to run their mind and think about all the things that are happening in their lives. But I'm not talking about your experience. I'm talking about God's word. Are you there? I'm talking about God's word. And if you will stick with God's word, God's word will change your experience. Are you with me? You know, that's why in James chapter 1, the Bible declares, it says that he that studies the word, in James 1, I believe that's verse 25, from verse 25 down, it says he that studies the word, that looks in it continually, will be blessed in all of his doing. He said, but, it, I mean, from about earlier on, he was talking about the man who looks in God's word, but, forget, but does not do it. He said he's like a man who looks in the mirror and forget what he looks like. Are you with me? What is he talking about? He's saying that God's word actually begins to show you who you really are. Are, are you with me, anybody? So when you look in God's word, what we are seeing is who we really are. Not your experience. What we are seeing is who you really are supposed to be. Have you ever dressed up before? Stepped out of your house and you thought you were not looking nice. Anybody? I mean, you just got out, you thought you were not looking nice. Were you comforted when somebody said to you, you really look good today? Were you comforted? 
You know, because what happened to you? You did not see yourself. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Now, what is this? When you went out and you did not look in the mirror, you thought you were not looking nice, you rushed out of the house and all of that, you didn't know what you looked like. And you probably felt a little insecure because you did not know what you looked like. Are you hearing what I'm saying? So your experience, your, your man of life, your, your, your gait, your walk was not confident at all until suddenly somebody said to you, you are really looking good. Then you changed. Are you with me? I'm saying you need to change because God's word says change. Are you hearing what I'm saying? You need to change because God's word says change. God's word says you are not cursed but you are blessed. Let's take a little ride. Let's go to um, let's go to Deuteronomy 28. You know, because I, I begin to think to myself when it says Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law. Let, let me say this: the word "redeemed" means to buy, to buy back. Okay, let, let me use a word we all know now in Nigeria. It means to pay ransom. Are you there? Christ has paid ransom for you from the curse of the law. So the curse of the law had you bound. Are you hearing what I'm saying? The cause of the law had you in trouble. It was shaping your life. It was messing up your life. But Christ came and said, hey, okay, I pay. I'm paid ransom. The cause of the law kidnapped you. Are you with me? I said, are you here? But Christ has paid the ransom for you to walk out of the kidnapper's den. Okay. That amen wasn't sure. Okay, so only, only two people, and I think they were on this side. So I'll come talk to this side. <laughs> Hallelujah. Deuteronomy 28. You know, because I, I, I like to run in my mind. When I read something like this, I begin to ask myself, what exactly did he redeem me from? You know, he has redeemed you from the cause of the law. Sounds like very good English, Abby. It's very, it's flowing English. Christ has redeemed. You know, have you ever seen lawyers? When lawyers begin to talk, is there any lawyer here? You know, when they talk or they write you a document. You know, you write a document and you say, this is what it is. Can you help me write it into a contract? When the lawyer writes it, it's the same thing you are saying that he's saying. But when it begins to change all the language, you say, ah, you think the man has, he has said nothing. When you say, what does all this grammar mean? And it means that when, if he doesn't pay you by so, 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 they ask, I say, ah, so why do you write all this? Are you still there? Deuteronomy 28. So the question is, what exactly did he redeem me from? Deuteronomy 28. From verse 15. From verse 1 down, begins to talk about the fact that if you follow God, if you walk with him, if you hearken to his voice, uh, these blessings shall follow you and overtake you. Okay? That's what God begins to speak about there. And then from verse 15, he switches and he says, okay, and if you don't, if you don't walk with me, if you don't follow me, if you don't do what I say, then these causes shall follow you. Okay, so from verse 15, he says, but it shall come to pass, if thou wilt not hearken unto the voice of the Lord thy God to observe to do all his commandments and his statutes, which I command you this day, that all these causes shall come upon you and overtake you. You will be caused in the town. Cost in the field. You know what, what that means? Everywhere you are going, things don't work. I, I can't read all of this because this, is, this goes all the way down to verse 68. Uh, are you with me? But if you begin to go through it, uh, as it were, you begin to find it says your basket is caused, the fruit of your body is caused. So you have all kinds of issues. Your children are caused. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Things go 
absolutely wrong. It begins to talk about that you will have consumption and fever. Are you getting me? So it even covers sickness and disease. It, it, it touches on every area of life. It says the, your heaven above you will be high on. You, you know what that means? That's like, I mean, it's using a, a, a farming kind of illustration. So when you are farming and you are tilling and you planted stuff and the heaven is high on, nothing comes. No water, no rain, no nothing. You know you're in trouble. Are you getting what I'm saying? So you labor and labor and labor, but nothing comes out of it. I'm saying that I don't want to read all of that because we don't have the time to read it, but you can go home and read it. But we are reading it for one purpose. Are you with me? You are reading it for one purpose. To discover what he has redeemed you from. Are you getting what I'm saying? So you discover in there that he has redeemed you from sickness. You discover in there that he has redeemed you from laboring without profit. He has redeemed you from sweaty and sweaty. He has redeemed you from troublesome children. The parents say, "Amen." You know, because people begin to they, they, people begin to look ahead and say, "The teen years are troublesome years." Never. Are, are you with me? It's not permitted. He said, "He has redeemed you from the cause of law." All those things come under the cause of the law. But what I really want us to look at today is that He has actually ensured, redeemed you from the cause of the law. The Bible says, so that the blessing of Abraham might come upon us. So, think blessing, not causes. Are you there? Because where the causes are concerned, the Bible says he has redeemed us. So he has settled it. It's done. He has redeemed us from it. So don't think that that is working your life. If you ever see anything contrary to that, just stand there and say, no, this cannot continue in my life because Christ has redeemed me. Are you getting what I'm saying? So if you see something contrary, what you do have is the authority to stand against it in a place of prayer and say, no, this cannot be happening in my life. It's not permitted. It's not possible. Because under this covenant, he has redeemed me from this. And I'm telling you, it's a comprehensive list in Deuteronomy 28. Are you there? But let's, let's go to Genesis 12 because now we really want to look at the blessing. The blessing. Can I hear you say the blessing? And it says the blessing of Abraham. So Genesis 12 gives us one of the samples, one of the things we can look at uh, uh, and see what the blessing of Abraham is. The blessing of Abraham. So Genesis 12 and verse 1. Now the Lord said to Abraham, Get out of your country and from your kindred and from your father's house unto a land that I will show you. Basically, it just means Abraham was following God. Are you with me? Abraham was walking with God. Abraham was God's man. Abraham had fellowship with God, okay? And then verse 2. He said, and I will make of you a great nation. Even Abraham didn't comprehend the extent of what God was saying here. Are you with me? Abraham didn't comprehend it. I mean, we're talking Israel today. One of the, uh, somebody put up a headline on Facebook uh, of a newspaper, you know, uh, quoting... Uh, how many people know what's going on in, in Gaza? How many people have heard the news? You know, there's the war. We are not of this world, I know. But we are, we are in this world. Are you with me? Are you there, anybody? Or you asked me to equal what? But you know what? Even if you ask me to what, you will know in the spirit. Are you there? You know, because God will tell you. You know, I'll switch off my phone sometimes in the morning. In fact, most days in the morning, it's off till about 8 a.m. You can't get me because I only want to hear one person. 
uh, up to that time. You know, and then one morning, I, I mean, I, at first to start doing that, I was thinking to myself, ah, how would I do this? You know, what if you had an emergency and blah, blah, blah. And then it occurred to me, if, I, if there was an emergency, God would tell me. Uh, are you with me? It's God. Abby? He would tell me. So one, one, one morning, one Saturday morning, I was expecting the plumber. I needed the plumber to do some work for me. And he said he would come when he's coming. I mean, he said he would come about 11 or something that morning, that he will go to night video, he will go home. When he finish, when he sleeps and wakes up, maybe 11, 12, he will come over. So I said, that's fine. So in the morning, my phone was off. Uh, I was praying. And just about 6 a.m., uh, I felt God say to me, put on your phone. Somebody's trying to reach you now. You know, and I put on my phone. It wasn't barely five minutes when my phone rang, and it was a plumber. Uh, and I was surprised. I said, well, what's, what's going on? He said, I'm in front of your gate. Are you there? So I said, but you didn't tell me you were coming at this time. The man said, yeah, I, I just thought it's better I stop by now and do what I need to do for you before I go home. Then I can rest, you know, I'm more guaranteed. Uh, but guess what? God knew what's coming. Are you still there? Are you there? Look at somebody say, God is real. <laughs> so Abraham didn't quite comprehend. Or what was I saying? Was that, was that where I was? Abraham didn't quite comprehend what God was saying here. If you read Acts chapter 7, I'm looking at the time. Acts chapter 7 and verse 5. The Bible says that God spoke to Abraham and said to him that I will give your seed this land. Even when there was not even one seed. Are you hear what I'm saying? That is that God was speaking to him that I will give you this land even when there was nothing. Abraham didn't even have a child. When God was saying this to him in Genesis chapter 12, he didn't even have a child. And God said, I will make of you a great nation. How? Are you hear what I'm saying? But if you understand, this is the blessing of Abraham that has come upon you. He will make of you a great nation. I said he will make of you a great nation. You have to believe it to receive it. Are you with me? And I'm telling you, because maybe you are thinking to yourself, me, me. I'm telling you that Abraham was not a candidate by any means. Abraham didn't even have a child. He was an old man. He didn't have a child. And yet God was speaking to him and saying, I will make of you a great nation. Are you getting me? So he didn't have a clue. But that great nation was so great. Okay, I was talking about Gaza. And you see, the, the, the war they are fighting now in, in that place, Israel and the Palestinians. And Palestinians. So I saw this headline where apparently one of the Palestinians was speaking. You know, they've shot almost a thousand rockets into Israel, okay? So these enemies who are next-door neighbors, it's not like it's a far country and they are fighting. They are next-door neighbors. In fact, they are a strip next to Israel, okay? And they are fighting, and these guys are shooting rockets into Israel. And they have, by now, I mean, as of the last count, it was hundreds. I think by now they should have shot well over a thousand rockets into Israel, okay? And yet, as of the last time I knew of it, Israeli casualties was 50 people. The casualties on the other side was over a thousand. Are you hear what I'm saying? These guys have shot over a thousand rockets. Can I hear you say a thousand rockets? So the, the, the headline said, apparently quoting a Palestinian, the guy said their God deflects our rockets. Hmm? Their God deflects our rockets. Real life, oh, real life now. 2014, July. Are you with me? The man said, our, their God deflects our rockets. They, they have a system, though they call it the iron window or something, the iron something that they use, that when the rockets are coming, they, will tell, they can tell where the rocket is going. If it's going to a sea or water or whatever, they will leave it alone. It will just go and fall there. Bam. Then if they see it's going to the supermarket or something, you know, where people are, 
they would just shoot another rocket, bam, and destroy that one in the, in the skies. But I'm thinking to myself, how do you shoot a, over a thousand rockets and you can't kill more than 50 people? Into a city. You are not shooting in the desert or something. You are shooting in, I mean, can you imagine shooting a thousand rockets into Lagos? Are you still there? But God was telling Abraham about all of this long ago. He said, I will make of you a great nation. A great nation. A great nation. Now, let, let, me, let, let me, you know, when the Bible was talking, Psalm 112, it was talking about the man who walks with God, blesses the man who fears the Lord, who delights greatly in his commandments. Uh, and one of the things he says in verse 2 is that he said, his descendants shall be mighty on the earth. Can I hear you say mighty on the earth? I'm talking about the blessing. These are the things you need to expect. These are the things you need to expect will happen with you. Are you hearing what I'm saying? That your descendants will be mighty on the earth. Now, I, I, I want to tell you about a man that inspires me a lot when it comes to this. There, there was a man by the name of Jonathan Edwards. Okay? Jonathan Edwards. Jonathan Edwards was actually a scholar and a theologian. So he was a pastor, uh, but he was a scholar. So he was a university scholar. He actually was a university president, what we call a vice chancellor you know, for about two or three universities, okay, in his time. But he was also a theologian, he was a pastor. Okay, very fantastic man. I, I, I like him. I'm still searching for more and more biographies and stuff about him because of this. Okay? Now, the, historically, he lived in the 1700s. And if I, remember, if I remember right, the guy died well under 50, well under 50. Okay, I'm, I'm being conservative. I'm giving it a high figure, but I think he, was, he died in his 30s. I think, okay? But Jonathan Edwards was such a remarkably godly man. Are you there? Now, somebody decided, a, a, a theologian decided to research into Jonathan Edwards' descendants. So the man said, okay, let's study this guy's descendants. Remember, man lived not too long, blah, 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 but remarkably godly man, theologian, scholar, blah, blah. And this guy, in about 150 years later, Decided that let us study, let's, let's go research and find out his son, his daughter, his kidney, who married this one. Let's begin to trace all his descendants and see what happened to them. Okay? And so this guy traced them. You want to know how, what happened to his descendants? Are you there? I said, do you want to know? Or we share the grace and go. Okay. So his descendants included one vice president of the, oh, vice president of the United States. Three governors of states in the United States, three senators, three mayors, 13 university vice chancellors, 30 judges, 65 professors, 80 public office holders, 100 lawyers, and 100 missionaries. You like that list? Should I say it again? Okay. It says, one vice president of the United States, three governors, three senators, all United States, three mayors, 13 university vice chancellors, 30 judges, 65 professors, 80 public office holders, you know, from whatever you might call it, to counselor, to chairman, to whatever you want to call it. He had 80 public office holders, 100 lawyers, and 100 missionaries. Your descendants shall be mighty on the earth. The blessing of Abraham. God said to Abraham, I'll make of you a great nation. That guy is a great nation, isn't he? Okay, compared to another guy, I, I, just, I just found this one. I found it interesting. 
This guy was a prisoner. Okay. So somebody decided also to track him. All right. And they tracked him because they found out that his family tree included 42 men in the prison. As well, okay. So it was a prisoner, and somebody decided to. Ah, there are about 42 people who are in this guy's family tree. So they decided, let us track. Let's track this guy's family tree and try to see what we can find. So this is what they found. They found that his, his descendants included seven murderers, 60 thieves, 50 women of debauchery, that is, women who just lived sinfully. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Uh, 130 other convicts. Convicted for whatever else, 130 other convicts, 310 paupers, and over 400 people whose lives had been wrecked, even physically, by indulgent living. Whether they were alcoholics and they had drunk so much that they had become invalids and all that, they had over 400. Are you there? Hey, say the blessing of Abraham is mine. You know, what, what I expect is that after today, even that song makes a new meaning to you. Abraham's blessings are mine. Hallelujah. <laughs> Abraham's blessings are mine. I am I'm blessed in the morning. I'm blessed in the evening. Abraham's blessing. You know what it also says to me? There's a good Bible study here for you to go look at all of the blessings in the life of Abraham. Huh? And realize that it belongs to you. By right. Are you getting what I'm saying? By right. You are not begging God anymore to give it to you. You are saying, God, thank you because it's mine. Because that's why Christ died. That's what we're reading about. That's why Jesus died. He died so that the blessing of Abraham might come upon the Gentiles. Can I have an amen? amen. He said to him, secondly, Genesis chapter 12. God said to him, what? I will make your name great. You have a name that is great. Walk with me, Abraham. Follow me, Abraham. I will make your name great. May God grant you a great name. Amen. You know, Proverbs 22 verse 1 says a good name should be chosen rather than riches and gold. When you have a good name, it means something. I, I, you know, I began to have a clue about, those, about that when my father died. You know, I, I began to have a clue about what a good name means. You know, when you step somewhere and then... You, you know, sometimes when somebody... Ask you and says, you, you mention yourself, you introduce yourself, and they say, Are you related to Mr. So and so? Have you ever had reason to first uh, hesitate? <laughs> you get what I'm saying? Well, you don't know. Should I confess? <laughs> or should I deny and repent later? You get, you get what I'm talking about? You know, there are people you don't, want to, you don't want to see because you don't know what this one knows. About the man. So you don't want to say, I know the man. You, I, you, I, you say, no, no, we bear the same name. We're from the same village. <laughs> are you getting what I'm saying? Because you're not sure of what that name means. I know somebody that, I, when I met the man, I knew his son. But when I met the man, I could not tell him that I knew his son. Are you getting what I'm saying? Because what I knew of his son, I thought it would embarrass him. You, you get what I'm saying? I thought if I told him that I knew his son, the man might feel uneasy. He, ah, he knows me where he knows me. You get what I'm talking about? But there are people, you, you have a good name. God says, I will make your name great. Listen, Philippians 2 verse 5, it says, Let this mind be in you which was in Christ Jesus. And what happened ultimately? He said, God gave him a name above every other name. He made his name Great. He says, that is the blessing of Abraham that is yours by covenant. 
Are you with me? You know, if I last, last, last week we were with my mom and she was telling a story about my dad and talked about how she was in the market after he died. You know, she went to the market. She had uh, jewelry to fix, you know, in the market. And then she took it to this jeweler and she said, well, let me fix this thing, blah, blah. Uh, the, the, the jeweler was actually in, you know, a back office. So it was, she was talking to the, what do you call it, shop girl or whatever, the receptionist in front, you know, and said, please make sure that this thing is, uh, make sure you put genuine um, 18 karat gold, you know, make sure it's genuine 18 karat gold you use for it, don't put any fake blah, blah. You know, she was just talking with the lady and I said, oh, no, we use blah, blah, we do this. And then the lady began to write a receipt, you know, uh, and said, what name should I put on it? So she mentioned her name. And said, so when she mentioned the name, the man in the back office came out and said, excuse me, are you related to the Mr. Odbanjo that worked at also place? She said, yes. She said, ah, are you related? I said, That's, that was my husband. She said, the one that died, I said, yes, that was my husband. And the man said, okay. He said, actually, you know, and then told her the story of how, uh, because he worked in a bank, how he went there, you know, and he needed a loan. He had actually been around the place. Nobody was giving him a loan uh, and all of that. And then somebody said to him, ah, don't you know so-and-so person in that bank? You know, you are from the same state, you know, as it were. And he said, no, I don't know the man. And that one said, okay, I will introduce you. I think that, that was what it was. And then that one introduced him. So he went there, he went to the bank, you know, and went to see my dad. And said, I need this, 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 you know, to do business. And my dad looked at everything and said, no problem, you'll get the loan. So, and then the man asked him, he said, well, so, how much do I give you? What's your own percentage? And my dad said, there's no percentage. He said, go do the business. Have you even gone to do the business and you succeeded? You are talking percentage. He said, go and do the business and succeed. He said, go, 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 go do your business and succeed first. He said, and then he went. And the guy went, did the business, you know, went, traveled. I think he had to travel to go buy gold and all of that. So came back. Uh, everything went well. And then he brought the envelope, you know, Nigeria style. So he brought his envelope, you know, to say thank you. And my dad said, no, 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 no. What you do with that money is that you go and buy more. If you have made so much profit, go and buy more. And then keep turning it around like that. Keep turning it around like that. You know, so the guy said, look. I had been to other places. I know what they were asking me for. He never asked me for one penny. He didn't take money from me. He said, look, mother, I, I, I bishop get. Fix that thing. Genuine eating karat gold. Don't collect one naira. Good name. Are you there? Good name. The Lord said, I will make your name great. You have a name that will open doors. Are you with me? May your name open doors for you, for your children, for your children's children, in Jesus' name. And the words, he said, ah, is that the, ah, are you the same? Ah, okay. If I know, my also went somewhere, you know, where my dad worked. He was an man, but he had one office in the later years of his life in Lagos, here. Yeah. And so she went there, she, she works in the bank. So she went there, uh, you know, this, uh, go find accounts, go find accounts. So she went there. I went to see the people there, you know, blah, blah. Of course, she's my sister, she's married, so she doesn't even bear the name. So she got there and, you know, was talking to them, I want to count and blah, blah, but one of them knew her. And then said, ah, come, 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 then took her to the boss there. And said, this is so-and-so person's daughter. Now, I'm even talking about somebody who has died. You, you get what I'm saying? So there's no reason to try to, because there's no favor you can get from the man. So he took and said, this was our, our girl's uh, daughter, 
You remember Prince so and so? The man said, eh, ah, what does she want? What does I say? Give her. Are you hearing what I'm saying? A good name. A good name. You have a good name. Are you hearing what I'm saying? You will have a good name. You walk with God, you will have a good name. Abraham's blessings are yours. You will have a good name. We need to run. It says you shall be a blessing. You know, you know what that means? You'll be a blessing. And God was speaking to Abraham, saying, I will bless you so much that you will be a blessing. Are you with me? It's not enough to be blessed for yourself alone. Okay? It's not enough. Go to 2 Corinthians 9. Maybe we need to read that. 2 Corinthians 9. Second Corinthians chapter 9. You know, because very often also, I mean, you find people who begin to say, well, uh, God bless me, my wife, uh, my son, my daughter, my dog, my cat, us only, are we? and no other. In Jesus' name, Amen. That is that as long as we have what we want, then that's good enough. No, that's not good enough. Are you with me? It's not good enough. What God wants is that you be a blessing. Okay? And, and even though we're reading, say, money now, it's not just money. You'll be a blessing. you have enough joy to supply joy to others. You know, if you're not happy, you can't encourage other people. Are you with me? You can't encourage other people. But if you carry joy, you have an overload of joy. There, there are people who, when they step into a place, you can't be sad around them. Are you with me? You can't be sad around them because they are never sad and they will not allow you to be sad. They have too much joy that it overflows. Are you still with me, anybody? There are people who are always encouraged, never discouraged. They are always encouraged. They've spent time with God, even though things may not be all together in their lives, but they are never discouraged. They can always see ahead. They can always see that God is their help. And so they will never be afraid what man can do to them or anything else that may come their way because in God, they know that they are more than conquerors at all times. So when you come across them, they're always talking about how things will work. Are you with me? That's where God wants to get us to, where we have an abundance of everything, an abundance of joy, an abundance even of unction. Are you getting what I'm saying? Where is overflowing, you know? It's overflowing when Jesus was walking the streets and the people were just touching the hem of his garment without his knowledge. It was overflowing. There's somebody say, I want to overflow. You know, that's what God meant when he says, this blessing shall come upon you and overtake you. You know, it means when you when you have too many cars at your garage. Are you getting what I'm saying? Someone say, hey, why would you have too many cars? What if you are giving? Are you getting what I'm saying? What if you are giving? I, listen, I'm, I'm a very simple person. On a good day, I will not go and, and buy seven cars. That's the truth. But what if, and I've heard it before, I've had people who received two free cars in one day. They didn't need a car. Are you getting what I'm saying? But they just go somewhere and say, I want to bless you. And then you get to your house and say, where do I put it? That's what God is talking about. Okay, maybe car is too high for you. Hmm? You can have too many TVs. Are you with me? Too many TVs that you can accommodate. You have put it in your sitting room. You put it in the room. Room one, room two, room three, room four. Are you there? You put it in the toilet. You put it in the kitchen. 
Then he still gave you more. He said, Do I put on the front door? <laughs> Hallelujah. Glory. Are you with me? But you know what really happens? Is at that point, you, even you should realize you should be a blessing. Are you with me? That's what God is saying. There's too much. So you, even you know that it's madness. Toilet. Yeah, I can't put it everywhere. So you give it out. You give it out. You give it out. You say, you, you need to be taken. You need to be given. They say, I don't need to be said. Just take. Are you getting what I'm saying? That's what I said when I said, I will make you a blessing. And that's why I want you to read 7 Corinthians chapter 9. And verse 8. It says, and God is able. Who has an Amplified Bible? Any Amplified Bible here? It says, and God is able to make all grace abound towards you. So that you, always having all sufficiency... In all good things may abound to every good work. So that you always having all sufficiency, that is that you have enough. That's what it means. That God is able to make the grace abound towards you so that you having enough, having all sufficiency in all good things might have to give. Are you hearing what I'm saying? There's a level also of blessing where you get to, like I said, where it's ridiculous for you not to be a giver. At that point, you will will appear mad if you are not a giver. We will know that something is wrong. Are you with me? 200 pairs of shoes. Hmm? 365 shirts. One per day. You know that at that point also, you have to actually labor them. January 1, January 2, January 3, January 4. Or how do you remember with the one you wore? January 5, January 6, have you? April 1, 2, 3. Are you still there? So by the time you start labeling them and I see it in your eye, I know you are mad. Are you with me? I know something has gone wrong with you. Something has gone wrong with you because those things should have been given out. Are you still there? Stand on your feet. Let me read. And as we take it, I believe God that the reality of a covenant is going to come upon you, done upon you strongly this morning in the name of Jesus. Causes, I mean, all the experiences of causes will be destroyed in the name of Jesus. And blessing, 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 blessing will manifest in the name of Jesus. Second Corinthians chapter 9 verse 8 amplifies says, And God is able to make all grace, every favor and earthly blessing, Come to you in abundance so that you may always and under all circumstances and whatever they need be self-sufficient. That is, possessing enough to require no help or support. And furnished in abundance for every good work and charitable donation. I think you have to go write this down and read it again yourself. Are you hearing what I'm saying? So that you have too much abundance that you don't need any support. You will not need any support. But rather you will have to give to everything, everything good, every charitable need. They say, ah, you know, blah, 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 doesn't have this. You know, this person can't pay rent. You say, how much is the rent? Take. You get what I'm saying? You will be able to do so many good things. They say, oh, there is open it there. They don't have food. You say, food, tell them I pay for the next one year. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. They said, Christ redeemed us from the cost of the law. Everything that looks like a cost. Is a gunner this morning. Are you there? 
this month is progress because it's, it's, it's like a course when you don't make progress. It's like a course when you don't have favor. It's like a course when you labor and you're not getting results. Are you getting what I'm saying? But this month, all that is destroyed in the name of Jesus. Amen. And the door is open for the blessing. The blessing. Father, we thank you. We remember your covenant. We remember, we remember, we remember, we remember. And as we take this this morning, let this be a great month. Let it be a great month of testimonies. Let's see your blessing like never before. In the name of Jesus. Thank you because you confirm your word. In Jesus' name. Thanks for listening to this message. Hopefully you have picked something practical to apply for victorious living. If you loved this, then please send a message to admin at totalword.org or 090-93-30-3227 to let us know how this has blessed you. Also, head on to www.totalword.org slash podcasts to listen to more. Stay blessed and refreshed till next time. God bless you.